1: Well, thank you for joining us on Mortification of Spin. I'm joined, as always, by my friends uh, Carl Truman and Amy Bird. We also have a straggler that just showed up this morning, uh, Liam Gallagher, the pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. Hi, Liam. How you doing? I'm well. Thank Good. you. Good. Well, we wanted to talk just a little bit about the reality of death, and more specifically about how to handle funerals. Uh, One of the things that we've seen a lot in evangelical churches is that the word funeral is rarely, if ever, used, and instead we talk about celebrations of life as though perhaps we can mask the fact that something very tragic and heartbreaking has actually happened with the death of a loved one. And so I want to kind of throw the topic out to us here today, folks. Um, How do we address death with our congregations? How do we handle a funeral in helping people to grieve certainly as paul says we don't grieve as those without hope but nevertheless we we grieve how do we help our people walk through that um without missing kind of that necessary step that they have to go through without making them feel guilty that somehow if they grieve they're being unfaithful or somehow sub-christian so What's been your experiences with funerals? We have two pastors with us besides myself. How have these men tried to shepherd people during uh, funerals? Um, there it is. What do you think?
2: Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I think the first thing
1: one has to acknowledge is
2: that the wider culture in which we operate these days is very committed to denying death mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways. Death is put far away from us. I've commented numerous occasions that we no longer have typically have churches that are next to graveyards. Mm-hmm. It would have been the, the standard experience of many Christians in the past to go to Sunday worship walking past the graves of their dearest departed loved ones. So death would have been very much a presence in life. You know, To quote the Book of Common Prayer, in the midst of life we are in death would have been a much more obvious reality in times past. So I think the first thing we need to acknowledge is we do live at a time when death has been shunted to the margins when you see all the shock and horror about celebrity deaths i mean joan rivers she was an old lady and she died <laughs> old ladies die with no wrinkles
3: was, though i mean
2: she was she, <laughs> very she smooth. did look very weird she was a weird old lady who died but Nobody seemed to be able to accept they were trying to find it was the hospital to blame, etc. etc. And say, No, she was old. The fall is to blame. Mm-hmm. Death has intruded on creation. When you hit 70, 80, 90, the chances of you dying in the next week dramatically increase. I think that we live at a time when we don't like to think about death, and that is creeping into the church.
1: Right. And so now we have funeral services that are oftentimes called a celebration. Uh, of life, and I think Carl, you rightly identify that much of that is grounded in an avoidance of death, and I think some of it's also grounded in in perhaps bad theology that somehow it is sub Christian to acknowledge that something very very heartbreaking has happened. In other words, people have a an overrealized eschatology. Uh, they certainly appropriately uh, believe in heaven. They believe that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and yet they seem to forget or neglect the fact. That something very sad has happened.
3: I don't think it's just a Christian thing either. I know I remember watching um, a series on television, Parenthood. I really liked that show, and the last episode, um, the patriarch of the family dies, and in lieu of a funeral, they kind of have a family baseball game. Sure, and they spread his ashes, you know, over the baseball field, and I mean, it certainly wasn't a Christian show or family, but. I think it's this idea of maybe honoring their legacy a little bit. I mean, I understand some of the good intentions mm-hmm. behind wanting to do this celebration of life kind of thing.
1: Sure. And and I would say, I mean, especially if you're not a Christian, I would say non-Christians are worse about it than, than contemporary evangelicals, just typically mainly because death is such a, a hopeless and frightening prospect if, if you mm-hmm. don't know Christ. But, but I find it a sad and curious thing when, Churches, even sometimes pastors, don't allow the grieving to actually Mm -hmm. grieve because we want to quickly comfort them with the promise of the life to come, which again is our comfort. But we also forget the fact that there in that funeral service is the body of a dead person who was dearly loved. You know, Liam, you've been a pastor for many years. You've no doubt done many funerals. How do you speak about the reality of death before that gathered congregation during a funeral?
4: I think you really have to start talking about it before the funeral. Mm-hmm. I think seeing death as being part of our Christian discipleship, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the last battle, as Paul says in First Corinthians 15. So therefore, that, that's a period towards which you and I should be working mm-hmm. ourselves and we should be teaching our people that to die well to the glory of God is is a good goal to have uh, and that we should be thinking about that and i think if we start there if we start educating our congregation about the the seriousness of death this is an intrusion into mm-hmm. god's world it is an evil thing yeah. there is nothing good about death right. there is nothing good that you can say about death right and that even even going to heaven great though it is is being absent from the body mm-hmm. And we're still waiting for the resurrection. We're still longing yeah. for yeah.
3: to be reunited with our bodies. Absolutely. Right.
4: And it's it's part of the old creation. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, that's good.
3: And I mean, don't we already have a celebration of life every year for our birthday?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean that
3: that's what a birthday is. Yeah. It's yeah. a celebration of life. So yeah. we we're do glad that. you're here. We already have a liturgy for that. <laughs> um and, and there's something very different at the end of life here that yeah. where we should never ignore the necessity of even going through the grief process. Yeah,
2: I think it's right that we give thanks for a life because yes. people bring you know, we we live in relation to other people and that brings much richness to our existence and our experience. But as soon as you acknowledge that actually you've got to realize then that there's no point in celebrating a life when somebody dies. You can give thanks for it, mm-hmm. but when when a father dies, a child becomes the person without a father. Right. Even our language reflects this. You know, we have words that specifically speak to the reduction of those who are left behind, mm. widow, widower, orphan. It's interesting, of course, we have no word for the parent who's lost a child. And I sometimes wonder, is that just too terrible mm. a scenario to contemplate, to actually coin a word for? Uh, but when somebody dies, we are all reduced. We are made less than we were and that's a painful thing and i think that's something that should be grieved and mourned and lamented in addition to lamenting the the intrusion of death into the created world i love the book of common prayer that the note it strikes it has an extended quotation from job 11 but man that is born of woman hath but a short time to live and is full of misery He cometh up and is cut down like a flower. He flyeth as it were a shadow and never continueth in one stay. In the midst of life we be in death, of whom may we seek for succour, but of thee, O Lord, which for our sins justly art displeased. Yet, O Lord God most holy, O Lord most mighty, O holy and most merciful Saviour, deliver us not into the bitter pains of eternal death. Thou knowest, Lord, the secrets of our hearts. Shut not up thy merciful eyes to our prayers, but spare us, Lord most holy, O God most mighty, O holy and merciful Saviour, Thou most worthy judge eternal. Suffer us not at our last hour for any pains of death to fall from Mm -hmm. thee. That seems to me to strike an appropriately biblical note. There is the acknowledgement of sin, there is the acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of the outrage and the tragedy of death, and the prayer is that one would not fall from Christ in the final moment. I think that is a a wonderfully balanced Mm -hmm. way of addressing the issue of a funeral. Yeah,
1: and and a, and a call for succor or or, or comfort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please comfort us in yeah. this. And and you know, there's very clearly Pauline themes in that, which is so different from typically how contemporary evangelicalism deals with this. And and so because contemporary evangelicalism wants to make everything positive and pleasant and happy, we've done the same thing even yeah. with our funerals, yeah. which is. So strange.
2: Yeah. You see it sometimes in prayer requests when somebody prays for a beloved grandfather, let's say, who's in his 90s yeah. and is suffering from kidney failure or right. something. And I often wonder, how do we pray? I, I mean, I'm very happy to pray always that the Lord would heal somebody. Yeah. But I think there comes a point at which one also has to pray that the passing would be as peaceful and yes. painless as possible, because yes. we are going to die. Mm-hmm. We can't simply expect the law to postpone our deaths indefinitely. Right.
1: And having the pastor of 10th Presbyterian here, I can't help but think about the letter that James Montgomery Boyce wrote to his congregation after his really mm-hmm. devastating diagnosis. And right. it's a wonderful pastoral letter, and that's basically what he says. is He says, you know, if you, if you want to pray for my healing, you can do that, although I suppose God could have kept me from getting this in the first place, but, but here's what I want. And I thought it was brilliant pastorally to help people understand that that very point. Let me ask, Liam, what what do you make sure, on any funeral service that you perform, what do you make sure are the elements that must be present in that service?
4: I think a reflection on those kind of scriptures uh-huh. and, and that you will find in the Book of Common Prayer. I think a confession of sin, mm-hmm. an acknowledgment, That it's sin that leads to this moment. I think an honest comment on death. Yeah, I think that's important. And then, and then a turning towards the the hope that we have in Christ, the resurrection. I think we have to preach the resurrection at a funeral service. Definitely. I think some of the resources of John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Mm. You know, uh, there there are hymns that are really useful. To have um, quotations, hymn verses that you might yes. want no one to sing the hymns, but there are some great there are some great verses that you can use uh, at a funeral
3: do you ever think of a funeral service as also a, a chance for evangelism? I mean sure. as a pastor because so Absolutely. many more unbelievers yep. are present always. There, and always to be able to present the gospel um yeah. to a whole new set of people who are grieving, going through the grieving process right, right. to and be that, given the good news. Yeah, you always
1: make the, the gospel clear. And, and to, you maybe a
3: celebration of life distracts from that good news, right. really. And, and Liam points the out the fact news. that you,
1: you want to proclaim the, the resurrection. And, and so I don't want anybody to misunderstand us saying that uh, we're here to make you miserable at a funeral. What we're trying <laughs> to do is correct some of the um, abuses in contemporary evangelicalism by acknowledging that this is a sad time, a time to grieve. But if we're Christians, we also want to remind them that we that we grieve, but don't grieve as those without hope, and and we certainly want to give thanks for the person, as Carl said, for the person who's who's died. We we give thanks for them, that is all right and good.
2: Yeah. As we draw this conversation to a close, I think it's been quite helpful. One final comment: I would say that I think celebrations of life are actually pastorally cruel Mm. because it is unreasonable to expect somebody who's lost somebody they loved to rejoice in that death yes. you can try to rejoice in their life as much as you can but you know every time i think of my dead father and i think of the good times we had it reminds me that he's gone and so the memories are never entirely full of thanksgiving they're also tinged with with grief and sorrow so i also but also just as we close say think about the long-term pastoral implications of a celebration of life. As a pastor, you're really required to give your people a realistic view of existence, and a celebration of life is a denial of a realistic view of existence. Anyway, we thank you very much for joining us on this somewhat somber Mortification of Spin. We hope that you'll join us next time. In the interim, please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, and please remember that we are a donor-supported podcast, and if you'd like to make a donation, please do so via the website. See you all next time.
4: Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew When I fit off more than I could chew through it all when there was dark
0: And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about...
2: Do you find that people do come up with the big world questions typically? Those are the things that are burning in people's minds?
0: You know, I do. I do find
2: that they come up with the big questions, the problem of evil, science.
3: Have you found over the years that you have to approach it differently? Sure. I mean, the basics
4: don't change. Uh, People uh, live with the big issues
3: but i was mesmerized by the piano player and i didn't know that it was bill edger playing the piano at the time
4: most of the earlier jazz musicians were believers or practiced christianity
0: uh, louis armstrong read his bible every day
3: what a cool name for an album heaven <laughs> in a nightclub
0: that interview is next time join us then
1: So, are, are we... Um,
2: death. Well, yeah, death. But, but who's going to intro it?
3: Todd seems on...
1: Okay, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll come up with something off the top. Am, am I... Am I saying anything? Uh, do, do I...